You're listening to the Road to Wisdom podcast, weaving stories told by wonderful minds about all things motherhood, health, intimacy, politics, nature, and everything in between. Join us on an adventure discovering unique experiences that we can learn from to enhance the ways in which we live. We are your hosts, Chloe and Kishia. Wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> hey, everyone. Today, we've got Luna Escribano in the studio with us. <laughs> Do you want to try and pronounce her last, last name? Pereira. 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 Yeah. Pereira. Yeah. Ey. We good. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's that Italian. It's because you've been in Italy. You've yeah. got this. Yeah. Because I'm well, basically then. Italian now. Yeah. I mean, have you seen the tea cake on the counter? Again. Because <laughs> I'm legit. Um, <laughs> no. We're, we're excited to talk again. Um. And hopefully this time we'll have beautiful audio technology. Um, anyway. Sorted. Yeah. No, we're just so curious with your perspective and just always interested in kind of letting you speak because it's so interesting, especially your ideas about feminism and, you know, obviously you've left, you know, quote unquote, the new age world. And so... um. Yeah, I'd love to just get straight into talking about like the waves of feminism and your your views on that. Your studies. Yeah, because so, you did study feminism and mm. gender in your psycholo- psychology studies. Mm-hmm. At uni, yeah. Yes. So I did, I did a bachelor's degree in psychology and one of the classes was around um, gender psychology. And uh, I think... I think before that I already had the, I was brought up being a little feminist already because I was raised by a single mother and she was always like, you cannot depend on anyone. You can only depend on yourself. So with that as like the backdrop, I was already open to to what feminism had to offer. And I always saw feminism as something positive, as progression you know and leaving behind the antiquated um ways of thinking so in i did most or or all of my my papers around feminism when when i was taking that class and uh, so the way i I saw it back then it was in a positive light because of course the way that I was that I was researching and studying it was from the people that supported it. So all I had was um well of course there, there are benefits that came from feminism um like women's votes and women's education and all these things that just because now I have a different view towards feminism doesn't mean that what it brought for women is negative. So that's something that just kind of put on the table first before just just kind of being like, ah, feminism, this or that. Um, so I think just really mm-hmm. quickly, it's always because, I mean, we I guess our whole podcast is pretty much about talking about the issues within the things that like that are good. If, I mean, a bunch of them are phenomenal changes and technologies and things that have happened to society and yet what's being ignored is some of this underlying consequence of of these like particular Mm. things like feminism medicine all of yeah all Mm. of the above so I think yeah it's a good kind of disclaimer like an equilibrium yeah yeah so I think a good disclaimer is that with feminism it's such like it it definitely had its benefits and Mm. we have all benefited from those benefits yeah however there have been some pretty dire consequences as well which no one talks about because Mm. they think you'll end up throwing out the baby with the bathwater. so Mm. no it was good to bring that up thank you (laughs) yeah and one of the things that that let's say started the first movement of feminism um, back in the 1800s, um, early 1800s as well. It was, um, so this woman, she saw there was a big problem with alcohol and and men. 
and uh, they wanted to maybe pass a rule or or like a law so men would <laughs> stop drinking that much alcohol or you know just to to find some type of of balance there in society and uh, what happened was that the men were not voting for it so then that was the first movement towards towards women just kind of having a voice because the women were the ones that were being mainly affected by it like drunk um husbands coming home and maybe a bit of violence maybe a bit of abuse as well um so that's that's actually how it started it so we can see that it started with with some moral issues that it wanted to target and that was fine and and i think i want to go through through the positive aspects of of kind of each movement which which um, i'm not going to go like super broad mm. it's just quite specific yeah then we we see that there are more women than standing up against slavery and against abuse and so then the women see that they they actually do have some power and they they have a voice so then they start using it a bit more and uh, by the second wave of feminism that it was more around yeah it was more around um abortions and about the 50s um housewife figure so what happened with feminism and abortion is that they were seeing that women were were actually dying in like back alley abortions and they were like okay we don't want women to we want them to have a safe place to be able to do this and not to be just dying in the back of an alley trying to do this in a very unsanitized way and so we can see how how that was a noble cause as well and uh, around the 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 image of the 50s housewife they're like that's so unrealistic like that's not real that's evil so they kind of started targeting the evil of society through it what we see and they were also against um like pornography and uh, against a few things that now we can see that they are for and that is where the problem is when we've taken the more the moral standpoint of what feminism was back then um that wasn't even called feminism then we've taken it and we've made it around sexual liberation around and, um sorry really quickly yeah. when did the sexual liberation wave kind of start when where was so that that was around the 60s okay so like the hippies came in mm. and, and so that <laughs> is that the same as reproductive rights like did that all come in around the same time yeah yeah okay yeah all right cool yeah because if you have the reproductive rights it's like my body my choice even though back then they were not really saying that it was like well i am free to express myself however i want to express myself and i don't conform to the rules um especially religious that society has bestowed upon women that they have to wait till marriage that they can only be with their husbands like sleep with one person um and then all hell breaks loose from that yeah. from when we get sturdy foundations that build society we crumble them and we go i'm going to do whatever i want and that's where chaos comes in i'm i'm super interested in the sexual revolution slash like the reproductive rights movements because it was a sign of like you were bound you were bound by staying in a marriage or by sleeping with one person or by like potentially like the risk of falling pregnant if you were to be like you know express your sexuality the risk of falling pregnant with like randoms that like one aren't going to be there for you to like in probably not the safest situation you know so i like i can see and also was brought up with you know that now that we have control over our reproductivity we can sleep around like men and we mm. can and that's equality and this is how it was all fed through yeah and i guess and people don't understand why when you say like that creates chaos i think that's the thing that people don't see they're like yeah well who cares we can just get abortions or like um it's it's just a simple acknowledgement that doing whatever you want 
whenever you want with whoever you want, especially when we're talking about having sex, like the result of that is a baby. <laughs> so I guess that's the thing. Like we just don't want to have, we just want to be, you know, reckless, I suppose. And so I guess that's a point. It's like. But I, I don't know if it, uh, can I yeah, challenge you on it. that one? Because yeah. I don't know if it was ever seen as reckless. It no, was seen definitely. as like liberating. It was glorified. Liberating. I'm a liberated <laughs> woman, right? And, and like. And that's the thing. It's not actually freedom it that isn't. you get from it. But exactly. it feels like it. Right? Yeah. So can we pick that apart a little bit? Because I don't know if people actually see that. Like we, we were sold this thing of liberation. But women in general, I'm. We're talking, you know, there's a bell curve of this and I'm talking very in the middle there. But women generally want connection. Like like we – our oxytocin levels and if you, you know, if you look at any of John Gray's work or any other kind of sexual biologist – we like our oxytocin levels come from connection, which is from a partner, like a steady partner who chooses us mm. from like our children, like forming those bonds with our friendship groups and other women and be able like just having our coffee chats validated. <laughs> <laughs> which is funny. We'll explain to you later why this is so funny. But, um. but like th- those coffee chats, this like this chat mm. is – an oxytocin high for us like mm. this is what women get like like those connections whereas men don't get their oxytocin from connection they get that actually decreases mm. their oxytocin a little bit right so it it came from a place of like now we're equal now you know we get the same things but what bio- biologically we need is so different to what mm. men need biologically. And I think just like a like a point of view to consider is like when we were younger and I'm, I'm sure, I mean, I know for a fact that many of my friends would be able to resonate with this, but we glorified the, like, especially, let's just say you're going to have like a one night stand or something. Mm. And it was cool for you to be like, I don't want anything more. Like, don't call me anymore. We're just friends. And really, like, we would go home and be like, why isn't he cool? Why isn't he? <laughs> and you're like, well, because we got duped. It actually wasn't cool. No. And to pretend like you weren't affected by someone just wanting to have sex with you. Like, we did that. Yeah. As someone in my early 20s, well, late teens, I should say, I was like, I felt like there was some kind of power and strength in denying myself the need for that person to be wanting me. And, mm. and connection. And connection. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, and then, I mean, coming full circle there, that's where we're not liberated. No. That's not freedom. That's 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 being bound to a life of misery <laughs> and, like, neglecting and ourselves. And external validation. And, yeah. and, like, do I still got it? Does he like me? And, again, it comes – everything comes to the search – Mm. And it just continues like the endless search, the seeker, the woman who's sleeping around. I I never did that. So I can't really, I was like a relationship girl. So I would be like, my first boyfriend was like three years. Then I had another one for two years. And then it was like that. So I don't, I can't relate. And I, I can't even think about what women in that, kind of uh, expression would be mm-hmm. feeling like or or I, I would think that they're really miserable to be honest even though if they're like yeah I'm doing whatever at one and uh, I don't know look how many guys I've slept with or anything like that I just can't yeah I can't get into their their shoes but what, what I do know that I that I recently came across recently like a year ago um, is about the pair bonding and how women there there is a natural or or I like to call it a godly design for men and women and uh, one of the things that we were women were created to be connected to man to man or to god and uh, whenever there is a disconnection from that, then we'll seek every other avenue for distraction. And that could be like drugs, alcohol, sleeping around, you know, the hookup culture and 
then we'll have the validation from society saying that this is liberation and that's good that you're doing that. And, and of course the, the birth control and the, the um, Planned Parenthood and all this came through to support the woman to be able to go on her way and just have casual sex pretty much, um, which doesn't support her system like the the feminine system doesn't want to be sleeping around. Mm. That's why you'll feel like after connecting with someone, even if you're like, oh yeah, whatever, I don't care about this. You'll feel there's something there that either is going to feel missing mm. or there's going to feel like, oh, it just feels wrong in mm. a way. And again, it doesn't come from 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 my experience necessarily, but I can really, really get the whole perception of it being just like, oh, that that wasn't the best mm. move. I do, I wonder if, and like I could be completely off here, um, but I mean now seeing the rep repercussions of that with women who have these wounds and who have trust issues, who are constantly gaslighting themselves and then needing mm. validation in other areas like the medical system, like because, because there was never those solid connections in those early years of partying and hookup culture, it's like you kind of seek it in other places and then like, yeah, you can kind of, I don't know, I could follow that train down. Where, does it, where is it rooted though? Because I think I'm like, oh, I wonder why I did feel like that or I did experience that. And is it because like was that the, the rise in like parents being divorced? Was there like, is there like a wound do you know what I mean? I think it was a culture shift. Just like, culture did you watch Sex in, in the City? Yeah. I yeah. watched that. That was like, that was probably my Bible as a kid. I was like, oh, that's <laughs> I how did it's not meant watch to it be. Ever. <laughs> I watched an episode. <laughs> oh, it's good, a good for you. cringe. <laughs> good bit of a binge. It's a oh, good binge. I, yeah. But then Very also, if I watched it now, like through mm. with all the information I have now, I like, I can even just think about episodes and those were like every episode they were having casual sex with a new person. There's mm. a lot of episodes, like wow. a lot of episodes. And I'm every, like shocked. I'm like, like every episode. <laughs> like every episode they're having casual sex with another person or like wow. trying to find love or like some of them were in a relationship but like, you know, that didn't ever last more than a couple of episodes and it was – and it always ended in heartbreak. But then if you yeah. – like the casual stuff, they're like, oh, I found something out about myself, I guess maybe – not really didn't take anything home because then they repeat the same mm. thing but oh, yeah. I won't psychoanalyze that from from the biological point of view around pair bonding that I was saying mm. so the more um women specifically sleep around with men the less their ability to be able to bond with one mate so what happens mm. is that at the end of like let's say 20 30 I don't know I've heard that women have slept with like hundreds I don't know I feel like so naive <laughs> <laughs> That's impressive. Um, like hundreds is, the, I feel like that would be very impressive. No, I, think, I think so too. Mm -hmm. But like, let's say you reach even 10 or, or 20, your ability to pair bond with just one person decreases significantly. What happens is that when, when you find like your partner and you get married, you're way, way more likely to divorce, wow. um, to split up. And that is the danger of if you look back like with with my grandparents with with older people that they've been their only one they don't look they don't they don't have like this leaky energy of like being with someone then being like mm, that's not so good no mm. that's a because mm. it's just not in them they they're just like i'm faithful to you i made my vows to you and that's it and they and they work on fixing things no it's not like this disposable society that and that's what the hookup culture is leading us to to be part of like you didn't work I don't like your hair I don't like whatever and just discard but before discarding you're sleeping with each other and that's where the problem is it's not like don't be everyone has like their own their own way of, of judgments you know but it's about get to know the person before 
engaging mm. into that because there there are lots of different levels of intimacy and it doesn't have to be like sexual intimacy straight away um yeah but wanted to clear that around the the pair bonding because mm. i think not necessarily from divorced parents we're gonna repeat the cycle um but in in the society where we're moving towards a free woman is one that makes her own choices and takes and it has like responsibility and accountability for her own things. So it doesn't matter really what she does as long as she's empowered in, in what she's Can doing. Can that be taken out of context though and which creates the chaos? Like how, what's the difference? That is the chaos. <laughs> <laughs> or you talk, are you talking, did you mean that as in like that's the good thing or is like that's no. where we're currently at? <laughs> oh my gosh, I thought you meant yeah. that like – that's the goal. I'm like, oh, that kind of sounds chaotic. <laughs> no, it is. Well, you yeah. got it then. Yeah, yeah I think I got it. <laughs> yeah. I need another coffee. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. Wow. That's that is really really interesting. And I do I like that about the pair bonding. That's the first time I've heard mm. about that. But it does make sense. It makes it makes sense on yeah the leaky energy front too. And I find I mean I could go into that as well. But um, there are so many so many ways in which we can lose that energy and it further takes us out of our bodies which mm. then kind of propels you to make more of these mistakes that don't feel good but then you gaslight yourself um mm. yeah it's a it's a bit of a how cycle. does like the goddess culture like can you just explain what the goddess culture is just quickly and then how that relates to where we're at with feminism because because you mm. then went from uni life Mm-hmm. into new age life is that correct i was in the new age since before i went to uni okay i got into the new age when i was like my first introduction was when i was eight and then fully when i was 13 so it's been it was like well over 20 years that i was in the new age maybe for everyone listening can you define what new age is this is such a hard term to to um, define but mainly the new age is this buffet of uh, spiritual practices that people can pick and choose to get themselves to heal and there's a big emphasis on the self um, self-healing self-acceptance self-love all the self they call it like the cult of the self Um, and uh, there it has big emphasis as well on um, Hinduism and gods and uh, nature and uh, lots of idols. Yeah, that's like the general. Yeah, very, very general way of seeing it. Yeah, but it's it's called the new age because it's like the new way to enlightenment. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> the people usually are seeking ascension. They're seeking... Um, to improve themselves constantly um yeah hmm. so around the goddess culture yeah, yeah. just because yeah. like why would someone see that as an issue like someone that's constantly trying to improve themselves or be better like what is like why is that such an issue um it's the seeker the seeker is always gonna see it never ends right it never ends like you just go you think you have an experience and you're like, yep, still nothing's changed. I've got to go deeper. Maybe mm. I've got to peel back more layers. Like they're never going to, are they never going to see themselves in the light of like enough or perfect or yeah. Or like, whole. Whole. Yeah. Content. Like that never arrives. Is that what you mean? Yeah. So in uh, what, what happens to the seeker is that the seeker is going to go through something and they're going to get this gratification from what they're doing. And they're like, okay, this is, this is good, but then it's never going to be enough. So they're going to, there is a void within us, within all of us. Um, and, uh, they're trying to fill that void with all those things. Mm. And usually it is really aesthetic, is really beautiful. Like we get, like in the goddess culture, we get like the beautiful mandalas and like the beautiful gowns, like the goddess gowns or the the flower crowns. And uh, we are pulled by the beauty and we are pulled by the promise of manifesting what we want and of having what we want. Um, it is, it is very self-centered. Um, I haven't heard any part of the new age 
that actually says like, okay, we're going to do this. Like they, they can meditate from, for like other people, but it's not like, how can I change myself to be more humble, <laughs> you know, or how, what can happen within me for me to, to really see the truth of, of who I am without all the colorful stuff or, mm. yeah, I know I, I fell into, into that trap for a very, very long time, especially in the goddess culture that is, can we define goddess, goddess culture? Yeah. Best? So goddess culture, the best way to describe it is feminist spirituality. Um, that's the short answer. Um, so in the goddess culture, um, women believe that there is a goddess and sometimes they believe there's a goddess and a God. Um, but the goddess is the main creator, creatrix of everything. Um, the goddess culture path that I was in, it was very emphasized by nature, by mother nature, um, by worshiping nature, by worshiping the goddess. And this is not just one goddess. Then we go through all the goddesses and all the different goddesses and how they can be archetypes for different parts of ourselves and how our personalities um, are are similar to what the goddesses bring. Um, can I, because I've not actually delved into that, though I do feel like I've delved into New Age a little bit, mm. but the goddess side. So is that like when when you hear like terms such as Eros, is that like, was Eros a god or so goddess? Mm, no, that was a god. God, okay. Yeah. But is that part of that? New Age. New, okay, New Age. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah. I, I honestly never really went. That's more like the tantric people will talk a lot about Eros and awakening okay. the Eros and, and just really, you know, wanting to align and like the... Um, what was it called? The Ida, Ida and Pingala, like the energies that run up the mm -hmm. and down the our spine and yeah, um, awakening Shakti and and so all and they're that like the Hindu gods as well. Yes, of course. Shakti. Yeah, yeah okay. Shakti, um, Sarasvati, and that's what I got caught Durga. up in. Yeah, because I went to India, I studied yoga. And then spent time there and it's very much like there, but surface level, right? Mm. Just not even understanding the depths of it, just adopting ways of communicating, using the language and probably having very little understanding of the history of it. Um, but that's kind of what I see now. I see a lot of people using Ayurveda, but not just from a nutrition standpoint, from, you know, like they're introducing certain um, like ceremony and those kinds of concepts, but it seems like the lines are blurred. There's a bit of everything going on. Like there's a little bit from each um, box and they're putting it together in like ceremony for mothers and for, you know, like mm. afterbirth. And that's kind of what I'm seeing a lot of. Mm. I like, I want to just put out there though. It is a really beautiful. It is. Like it's, it's aesthetically stunning. It's You're like, so oh, I pretty. want that. And like, mm, and yeah. when you look mm. at it, like from that traditional, like these ancient traditional lenses, mm. like going back into India and like I've got a really surface level knowledge of it, but, you know, I've been to Crystal Castle, so. <laughs> <laughs> but like like when you're surrounded by that, it feels like a real yeah, cultural, nice. like it, it is, it's, and it's, it is really pretty as well. Mm. And I feel like there are some aspects of it that are, and we've spoken about this before, there are some aspects of it that kind of brought, because um, my own history is that I went really down that academic route, which was like no – no kind of spirituality at all like when you die it's just a body that switches off mm -hmm. there's nothing more than that um and that was my experience at uni as well I mean I studied anatomy and had to look mm -hmm. at dead bodies and pick apart dead bodies and so you really switch off from any mm -hmm. kind of um like esoteric or mm. extension of that body it's it's just a oh it's just a body you know mm -hmm. and I mean I was always down for giving my body I'm not okay with that at all <laughs> but like mm -hmm. donating my body once I died because I'm like eh, it's just a body um 
But then when I came into motherhood, that was probably my first realization that, oh, it's not just a body. Like Mm. I went through my whole pregnancy like, yeah, it's just my body is doing a thing to another, like making another body and it's all just just growing a baby. Mm. (laughs) No big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like, and then, you know, there was something missing there. A hundred percent there was something missing there. Mm. And I, um... And that was when I was first like introduced and probably came more new agey because I felt more comfortable, even though I grew up Jewish, um, more comfortable with the spirituality and, you know, that, that mother nature and circadian, I guess, because circadian mm. rhythms, like the, the biology side of it kind yeah. of That's definitely, opened the doorway into that. definitely where I see it. Like, yeah. I would probably align mostly with like worshipping nature or seeing it and seeing me in it. Yeah, and like, the rhythms, like mm-hmm. the rhythms of the moon and the sun. Yeah. It made more, a, way more sense. Yeah, especially coming from that really scientific background. I mean, and then like going into the stars was like a whole nother. Like I really had to <laughs> drop a lot of stuff. Yeah, astrology to get there. And I'm still like sometimes I'm like, you know what? Actually, it kind of does explain stuff. And then other times I'm like, no, 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 (laughs) no. Well, I guess that kind of takes us into that accountability stuff, right? Mm. And being like, we're doing something shit or we've been, we've been doing something, you know, either projecting or, you know, just not being as responsible for our, for ourselves or our actions. And then being like, oh, what's the moon doing? (laughs) Oh, definitely not me. It's definitely not me. My kids are acting completely out of control, obviously, because it's a full moon. (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) Not my shit. There's so so many sayings now, like being away from it, that I hear, especially in this area, that I'm like, what? (laughs) Like, it's not that. Like, you're just being an idiot. Like, you're just not really. Full disclosure, though, I will still blame the moon for my kids. Yeah, well. No, I, I will well say I definitely do not sleep when – have a good sleep when it's full moon. So I yeah. can – that's validation right there really, for you. She, it's really it's light real. outside. <laughs> it's real, guys. Um, but I, I think that's a big one, like accountability mm. and being responsible and actually looking at yourself instead of thinking that there's an external force that's making you a shit person. And mm. I think the goddess culture could potentially – keep you from being yeah I feel I sorry I do want to let you talk Luna I feel like (laughs) (laughs) I keep cutting you off but I had just a little point um yeah of in the accountability side of things when you know someone isn't successful or their relationship isn't working or their parenting style, I don't know, their, their children are mucking around, like there is a tendency to then look at your chart and be like, oh, that's because – and I'm using, I'm pulling shit out of my Generator, ass right now. But projector, that's <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> yeah, or like Mercury's in retrograde yes. and – and that's like the reason for, and as soon as mm. that finishes, well, things might get better or I'm never, like, I'm not going to be successful because it's just not written for me and I just need to kind with of the flow. be okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we actually, the last time we spoke to you, Luna, we did go into flow because I, mm. I have to admit that I don't fully have my head wrapped around masculine, feminine and flow. Like the concepts, like there's some parts of it that make total sense to me coming more from like that biological standpoint. But when I try and put it in my own situation, I'm like, I can't like, and we talked about this last time, when you are a mother and you have young kids that depend on you 24 seven and you have appointments and you have school runs and you want to start a business and you want to be doing purposeful things there like to fall into what is defined as or what I feel is defined as a flow and your feminine energy so that you maintain polarity with your partner so that you know you're always magnetically connected to each other is not like you can't do the two together like you can't be uh it feels surrendered 
Yeah, you can't be like surrendered and going through, like going with your your cycle and, you know, on day one lying on the couch and honouring your flow but also that day one you've got like 17 different appointments and parent-teacher interviews that night and so much work you've got to get done during that day and your kids have got to get to school and you're also cooking for the newest mum in the, the neighbourhood. And, um, yeah, I just – I feel like there's a real conflict there. Like women who do have families, who do have responsibilities who and who want to do this stuff too, who feel really energised by being really like motivated and goal orientated and um and like achieving a lot is taking you out of your feminine and pushing you into your masculine and it feels it feels like there's a real like I think I'm supposed to stop and just let it all yeah that's what I've ever since stepping away Mm. from all that like just not seeing it as masculine or feminine just do you (laughs) just do what you need to do you know like a woman let's take for example like the a lion and a lioness the lioness is the one that goes hunting it's not because she's masculine it's because she's just the one that goes hunting you know we don't have to put masculine and feminine absolutely everything in my language, in Spanish, we have like la taza. This would be ma- feminine. El micrófono. This would be the microphone. That would be masculine. It doesn't mean that they're going to act in masculine or feminine ways. This is receptive right now. But in Spanish, this is masculine. It doesn't matter. The polarity movement has <clears throat> just taken things way, way beyond what they should be. Things are simple. It's not that complicated. And the whole thing about the flow as well and and being able to, let's say, just taking your example because you, you were talking about it, of uh, having kids and having to do, you know, we cannot just be at certain times. We, we actually have to be on in action. And <clears throat> I do not think by any means that that makes you masculine in that moment. You're just being a woman in action. That's it. Mm. Um, Besides that, what I do feel, and that was my own experience and the experience of some women that that I worked with in the past, was that there is that inner void that I was talking about. And for me, that inner void was God, the absence of. And uh, once we connect to that, then the void becomes a spring. Then from the spring... the cup that we are being told all the women we're told like you have to fill up your cup and then when what what happens when you have a cup it's only this size so when you have to serve you have to empty your cup evenly on everyone and then you end up with an empty cup and then you have to do stuff usually even the new age have to do a moon bath I have to do yoni steaming I have to Go for a massage, not that there is anything wrong with whatever you choose to do to recharge. You're always going to have to recharge. There are ways for us to connect to source. For me is God. And uh, to be able to have that flowing. If we don't have that activated and flowing within us, every time that we give, we're going to lack it's going to drain us because we're not we're not connected to anything that that is that is like almighty there's there's nothing there so we're using our own source our own battery so what happens we we go low we have to recharge and then give again um so that's the other thing so instead of giving 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 from that cup just really tapping into to the spiritual nature that that we all have we're all spiritual, natural beings. And I, I can really relate to your story as well, being <clears throat> quite um, analytical-minded and just really wanting to, okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the research before kind of <laughs> believing in this or mm-hmm. I'm going to see the more mechanics of it. And that's the way I was since 
uh, especially in college when I had to do lots of research and I did research around mindfulness and around all these other things just to be really understand. That's the way that I would understand the world was through research and just diving deeper into understanding. What I've learned recently is to not lean on my own understanding. And that's been hard. And that's also shown me how in the new age we want to know. It's it's that fight against the unknown. And it's like, well, I'm gonna do my cards. I'm gonna go to a psychic. I'm gonna go to a medium. I'm gonna do whatever. It's like, I'm gonna manifest. There's a lot of ways to control and to feel like we're in control of our lives by doing all these things. It's like, I want my life to be good. I want me to be good. I want everyone around me to be good. So I am going to do X, Y, and Z. Um, but yeah, when we just surrender, when we actually surrender, what are you going to be surrendering to? You cannot surrender to space. You cannot, you have to surrender to something or someone. Mm. It doesn't just, you have to trust in something or someone you cannot just do it to nothing mm. and once we find that thing that you're surrendering to and you can fully let that go everything else just kind of starts it's, it's almost like if everything was a storm and then all of a sudden starts leveling and calming and then you can feel that within you and whatever you need to do from that moment on you do it because you have that within you already it's not something that you have to get outside and uh, with with a partner as well I think in the polarity movement and I do agree um in some as some aspects of it not in the in the part of of like oh women just be and just kind of sit there and receive all the time it's like who's going to make the kids lunch and need to take them to soccer and, and all these things. But when you're, when your partner one-on-one, let that go, let that, ooh, that tension. Cause we, we create tension to be able to move. Like physically we need to create some tension to be able to act, try it and relax into that. Just when your partner comes home, it's like, oh, he's got this. And then start, kind of giving it you know <laughs> like whatever is around you that you feel like oh I'm carrying all this it's like just start trusting him and giving it to him mm. but it doesn't have to be in all your life all the time it's it's not realistic we we have ups and downs we have to do we have to rest but with with your partner yes do definitely surrendering mm. so what is like true feminine essence like, what is your perspective on what that looks like? Like, if we're, just, we're not talking about feminism, we're not talking about polarity where the woman's literally just surrendering and the goddess and like this, you know. Worship me. Yeah, like Goddesses can do no wrong and I do what I want when I want and um, I can cancel at any minute and because I'm not, it just doesn't serve me to do that right now. So that's it. But like. I feel like there's an element that we kind of, we miss it, which is like just doing things from a natural feminine essence, you know, which is like more serving and being like more of an anchor in like our community, our family. Um, I think, and when, when the serving is actually filling your cup too, like the giving is also giving back to you because you feel good in that capable like in that moment to be able to help or to you know ensure your child is getting a b and c like that rather than it draining and you hear mothers talk about it all the time like this is so draining and oh god I am so guilty of that with our morning run at the moment but (laughs) when you can turn that around a bit and be like oh the giving is giving back to me and so when I'm filling someone else's cup, I'm filling up my own. I feel like I just had this thought like on the way here. I stopped at a place I won't mention where. And I feel like there's that that femininity, like that modern feminism take here, which is at least I stopped 
got something to bring here and there's a lady there and she's like, someone asked me that I know, they're like, oh, how's your gang? And I'm like, oh, they're awesome. So that I've got four kids and the other mum was like, oh, I've got four kids too. Gross. And I was like, like it was, and it may be just autopilot because I understand a lot of people like don't even think before they speak when they. What a word to use, gross. Yeah. And she um, was like, oh, it's just like, like it was like she had nothing, there was nothing good about it for her. And that's probably not true because she probably really loves her kids. But I feel like there's that circulating energy of having a, being a woman, having a, a family and children that is just like, oh, tra- like a trap. And so women feel like trapped be- be- below this feminism thing. And it may not be the, Feminism may not be the right word to use, but it's like it's not good enough. It could have been involved though, like feminism or like the wave, the wave that we were talking about earlier of the like sexual liberation and control of my biology. Like then once you move from that like, oh, freedom and I'm doing everything my male counterpart is doing Mm. to now I have four children and you don't get that option or many of us. But it's like she had a better place to be or it's not what she wanted. It's like, well, you have it, you chose it. How could this have happened? Four times. Four times. (laughs) And for you to be at the end of being like, just like, couldn't think of anything worse than having, but I'm, I'm sure that's not what she, how she really feels. But no. to be it's, trapped let's in cut, this, cut her some slack. She probably said, <laughs> she probably didn't sleep last night. Um, <laughs> but I hear it a lot. It's yeah. a very common yeah. theme where people mm. just feel completely like fed up, or it's like they don't have anything good to say about being a woman, being in a having being a mother, being in that traditional role, like the traditional element of being a mother, being a wife. It's just like a bit icky for a lot of people and I wonder if that's just because there's like an external pressure of that's not what we're supposed to be doing or people feel pulled to be doing something else or I feel like when we moved away and I was talking to some friends who who were born and raised Christians just recently and I was like when we when you know we moved into science and education and it really like kind of pulled people out of religion and that and like spirituality we kind of threw the baby out with the bathwater because there are so many foundations in Christianity which I know that you can probably stick really well on now Mm. Lena but there are in terms of like like relationship and um and I guess being part of community and all of like and having a family there's and you like you honour that, like you honour the relationship, you honour and feed and grow the love and those connections and your family and then your wider community and that is all like it's good and it's great and it generate like it's regenerating and all of these things and I feel like that kind of got thrown out with religion in general like I mean, for me, when there was that big, like the, I don't know when the movements happened, but like, I feel like they you know, everyone kind of had a religion and then they thought they were smarter. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. It's and like science was, came in yeah, and it's like universities oh. and like yeah. all, of, yeah. And, and medicine, I'm sure would have been a big part of that as well. And I guess it was like yeah. the break, the, the break, the slow breakdown of the family unit. And a lot of that kind of came from there as well. Like we all just became separate as opposed to being like one in community. And can you yeah. can you expand on that too? Because I know that that's where you're at at the moment. And yeah. we'd love to hear a little bit more on that. There's a lot in that because like feminism has been part of the reason why they've split up the family. Um, and then in feminism, a lot of the people were anti-Christians so we, we see this movement that has anti-Christian values as well rising and people don't even know. And I feel from what I've heard, because I've heard like having three children myself and hanging around with them, they're like, oh, how can you do it? I'm like, look at them. They're, they're pretty awesome. <laughs> and even if I'm not having like the best day, I think they're they're a gift. You know, I think, and I'm, I'm going to be really, really honest. I didn't think that always. Mm. At the start, I'm like, because I was in that feminine, feminist movement, I was like, oh, I 
just want to get to work. I want to do something productive because I thought that my production was from working and from earning money. And I felt that staying in the house was was like too much. By the time that I had my third, I was loving staying in the house and making bread and buying myself a little apron and making sauerkraut and preserves and all the things. I was like, so like, oh, I've got this. Let me get, give me all the 50s housewife magazines and I'll read them, I'll crochet, <laughs> making stuff. I, I loved it. It was, yeah, the best. Um, but yeah, and also in, in the new age, and this is how it ties up like the new age and feminism and the goddess culture in in the new age one of the first proponents was i think her name is mary blavatsky and um she was one of the people that started theosophy and in theosophy again they are against christian values so if we look at christian values relating to women and relating to relationships they are I was going to say divine. They're beautiful. <laughs> They're absolutely beautiful. And I was at the other side once just really against Christianity, really against God. I'm like, I was an atheist and uh, I'm like, no, like, that's why I liked Buddhism because then I did like a course in Buddhist psychology as well. So I'm like, okay, there's, there's no God, but then there's like these holy people and, and whatnot. I'm not going to go into that. But in Christianity, we can see that the values, let's say, because you asked about true femininity, it's a woman, it's, it's, this is the word that no one likes, submissive. It's submissive to man, but it is because the man protects her. And once we understand that and we see submission as respect as well, when women we respect men, then men give back love to women. And then that feeds the cycle of love and respect. And there is a beautiful book called Love and Respect. <laughs> um, Groundbreaking. Yeah. and <laughs> What a name. <laughs> and the, the author talks a lot about that. And it's really, really beautiful. But the thing with feminism is that we've been taught to speak in a certain way and to stand a certain ground that actually is disrespectful to men. So much so that we are um, accusing men of toxic masculinity if they themselves stand up, but we can stand up and we can say whatever we want. Mm -hmm. But the moment that they do it, it's like, uh-uh, you are abusing me and you are this and that. So men are walking around eggshells with women at the moment, especially if they're feminist, especially if they're in the goddess culture as well. Because there's no, there's no nurturance in women that I've seen almost at all. Um, and, and that is the, the other way of, of seeing true femininity. It's just that softness and, and also meekness. And meekness, it's interesting because the first time I heard this was like three years ago because English is not my first language. And I heard it. And I'm like, what's that? And my friend was like, oh, that's just being really like shy and, and kind of wake. Like, it's almost wake. Meek yeah. and wake. Like I, in my mind, it's before mm. actually listening to some Jordan Peterson stuff where he talks about the meek. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in my mind, it was always like synonymous, being like wake Mm. and make with yeah. more or less the same thing. Yeah. So what I found the other day is that they call a horse that has composure and is about to go to battle meek. It's the moment where the horse has all the training, has in the mind, let's say the heart, it's all balanced and it is not in this position of like um, reactivity or, or anything like that. It's completely composed and self-assured as well. That's what they call a horse make before going to battle. It's completely ready. And I love that because, and then in the Bible as well, they they call women to be meek, but they call men to be meek as well. And they, and they um, describe Jesus as being meek. And uh, it, it comes from the sense of, of having this assurance and this righteousness that is, it is holy. It, it just gets you closer to God. 
And I thought that was so beautiful. I'm like, oh, I want to be meek. <laughs> I'll, I'll be that type of meek, not yeah. the other one that I thought it was. Yeah. No, that is like, and, and that is something to achieve too, because mm-hmm. to be a, like, and I'm paraphrasing what you just said, but like, what I interpret that was to be like really grounded. And mm. I mean, we've spoken to so many people on the podcast already about like in parenting and um, relationship and the best place to be ever, like where everyone wants to achieve is to be in a place where you're not reactive, where you are mm. responsive. And that is how like you can nourish everyone around you, especially if they are being reactive. Like if you can be in that place. That grounded. Now we can call it meekness. Um, (laughs) But like, yeah, you're just grounded. You're centered. You're the, like you're the tree, you're anchored. Mm -hmm. And no matter what is going on in your environment, you can like process the information or yeah. And speak truth as Mm -hmm. well. It's really important in that meekness. We speak truth without arrogance, without pride, just speaking it. You know, we don't have to kind of say like, oh, I won't say these things or, you know, we can still speak with gentleness and love and that's what it it encompasses. And I feel that like being meek, it's, it, it is beautiful for men, but, but specifically for women because we also also keepers of the culture you know and what type of culture are we living our leaving our children like for us we we can be a bit more aware you know about like the dangers of certain certain things but there are mothers that have like only fans and and the kids are are almost suicidal because one of their friends saw their mom on only fans it's it's just insane and I think you made a really good point there, just saying that mothers are the keeper of culture. There's a lot that mothers are dropping or encouraging their children to be part of. And I find that I feel like just that alone, like just pondering on Mm. that without even having to say anything, you know, reflecting and looking out at what is going on out there and concepts and ideas and, you know, things that we're presenting. A lot of that is coming from mums who are trying so hard to be, you know, accepting of or want to be accepted or like mm-hmm. you're doing the right thing. You're a good person. Yes, your child's going to be okay. And mm, if you know what ex- I'm getting at oh, without saying it. Soul. You're erasing the soul yeah. to ascension. The child can be anything, do anything, be anyone even. Mm-hmm. I guess yeah. you know where I'm going with this. I know where you're but going. But <laughs> we'll yeah. probably not go into Permission it. Permission but- is incredibly permissive and yeah. part of – I'm in the process – I've only read the introduction so I can really talk to it, but reading a biblically inspired parenting book um, that bases like 14 principles on the gospel. And uh, it's really interesting because it does say that it, it there is importance in discipline. We can we cannot just be permissive and we can see in, in what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Reading between the lines. I really didn't know if I was that obvious or not, but obviously I'm, I am. No, we got we you. Got you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we, we have to put boundaries as well. Boundaries are really important and foundation. So if we don't, if we don't put, bring boundaries to our children, we're not setting the foundation either. And that's really important to just be like, this is, this is natural. This is what, what the world is like. Mm-hmm. And then from then on, they can, and it happens so quickly. Like my, my eldest, she's going to be nine and she's already having this, this development and talking about things that I'm like, oh my goodness, you're just going to go out and walk on your own soon and have to make decisions. And I just hope that everything I've, taught her so far and especially by me modeling that that has helped her in some way and I mean I'll I'll continue to to do that of course but yeah we I think when women and especially any woman but mothers we see that we are their role models we are the people that our sons are gonna marry you know, they are going to see us and take us as like, well, my mom was like this, so I'll marry a woman like that. And uh, same the other way around. Um, like if your son was with a woman like you, how would you feel in relation to your partner? 
You know, like how you treat your partner, would you like your son's wife to treat him like that? Mm-hmm. So it's this thing of, of uh, actually just seeing it in this like 360 view and and the importance of us just showing up in the world and and be part of community and 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 be part of in other people's lives like sharing food with with new mothers or or assisting births you know it's it's so important to bring that nurturance and meekness and mm. and gentleness as well and also their strength in that and and bring it to these spaces i love that oh, mm-hmm. we might leave it there <laughs> Although I could listen to you talk for another few hours, Luna. You have such a beautiful way with like describing all of this. And um, yeah, I feel I feel like you know, we could we could keep going on and on. <laughs> so much to ponder. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, Luna. Um, do you want to let everyone know where they can find you? Yes, I am on Instagram at Luna dot e-s-c-r-i-b-a-n-o dot p-e-r-e-i-r-a luna dot escribano dot pereira we'll make sure you can be found yeah Mm. amazing thank you again love thank you thanks for tuning in to the road to wisdom podcast to join the journey you can follow us on instagram at the road to wisdom dot podcast www.theroadtowisdompodcast.com Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. We look forward to seeing you next week with more juicy content.